This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Meet the Movie Press. It's June the 21st, 2019 on the show this week. Hunger Games prequel, Paranormal Activity, Toy Story 4 and Child's Play Review, plus the box office and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press. We talk movies because this is what we do, and we are the movie press, so feel free to meet us. Welcome, everybody. Uh, If you're new to the show, hello, lovely to have you here. Uh, If you're not new to the show, lovely to see you again. Thanks for coming. Uh, It's June the 21st. It's a Friday. It's 2019 still for the whole year. Uh, On the show, we have a lot of stuff to do uh, and talk about. Uh, It's a big weekend for releases as well. But first of all, I have to introduce the panel. Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? Hey, movie fans, right here on Meet the Movie Press. Popcorn Talk Networks uh, and uh, LAOFCS and uh, some upcoming things. Filming a brand new pilot today for a show called Hidden Gems on the Popcorn Talk Network, which is going to be a show uh, taken from my own film library, talking about underappreciated uh, uh, films that should be that should be watched and more appreciated. Scott Menzel. There you go, Dimitri. Dimitri always has something up his sleeve. Yeah, we don't have any time for anything else on the show, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Did you know about that? Did you know about that? Briefly. Oh, okay. I know now. But yeah. Uh, uh, Who are you, Scott? Uh, LAOFCS founder, We Live Entertainment editor in chief. I am Scott Menzel. You can find me right here on Meet the Movie Press as well as LAOFCS Weekly. And my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter, and you can see my work uh, in loads of places. We could be here all day, but unfortunately, we still have a show to do. (laughs) Okay. uh, That's okay with you, Dimitri. Is that all right? It's fine. Okay, cool. Uh, Okay, let's. let's, Fine. Let's go. (laughs) Let's talk about this news that broke earlier this week. Uh, the Hunger Games prequel movie is officially in the works at Lionsgate, based on an upcoming book. Book being written, soon to come out. Then the movie's coming out. It's going to be a prequel to those uh, very successful, although in declining, <laughs> box office movies of the Hunger Games. Uh, YA is always an interesting area. Some have hit and sustained, some have hit and mad, and some... Pfft, just, just didn't. Just yeah. didn't. Just didn't. I was trying to think of a nice way of saying it, but they just didn't. Golden okay, circle. thoughts on the fact that we're going to have more Hunger Games and it's going to be a prequel. Uh, let's go to you first of all, Scott. No. No. Okay, good show. Thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... Lionsgate, do yourself a favor, do your bank account a favor, and just avoid this like the plague. Yeah, I mean... Uh, a book is fine. Yeah, But this is fine. like... You know, I just look at what happened to that Divergent series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't even complete it. Oh, what it. didn't? It, they didn't even complete it. Yeah. So it's just at the point. It's like you said, too. The Hunger Games, the second one, I think, made the most. And then they went down. And, and I just think the YA novel today mm. isn't what it was, say, a few years ago. No. And that Hunger Games audience has grown up. I, It's as... It, you know, to, to, to quote Colonel Troutman, it's over, Johnny. It's just done. Mm. It's just, it just doesn't have... beating a dead horse. The Hunger Games franchise just didn't have the longevity of something like the Harry Potter franchise, which, with the Wizarding war- World not doing as well yeah. as antis- anticipation from both WB and Rowling, it's amazing to me that they even are considering this yeah. because they saw such a sharp decline in the movies as they went into the third and fourth film. Yep. So it's like, I don't know why they would even think this is a good idea. And I mean, was, they're really was, gasping at straws. And that was even with Jennifer Lawrence's star being at its highest point, right. possibly, right. without a doubt. You know, that was, uh, you know, around the time of, uh, you know, uh, Silver Linings Playbook and obviously the Hunger Games movies. She was literally the go-to woman oh. in Hollywood at the time. American Hustle. American Hustle. Yeah. She was um, incredibly hot. terrible as a, accent. Yeah. As a, as, a, as a marketing tool for your movie and as an actor and, and just general talent. They obviously, this is going to be a prequel, so this wouldn't have her in it at Katniss. This would have other people. But 
I mean, I remember when the Hunger Games first came out, the Hunger Games movies, and the books had been hugely successful, very, very popular books. And yet a lot of people didn't, they weren't really, outside of those who knew about Hunger Games, weren't into it. I remember I was working with um, ITM Productions at the time mm. on a movie show for Channel 5 in the UK, and I, I literally had to beg for us to cover this movie and to interview Jennifer Lawrence because she was only then at that point really known from for Winter's Bone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I interviewed her for, for First Class, it was when she was on the set of Hunger Games. So this kind of stuff, and even then it was like, she was still quite unknown. She was, you know, just making a crossover. She was at that early part of her, you know, her getting hot success. <laughs> And it was, you know, but then obviously she went massive. And even then, that didn't stop the box office going down. And again, Fantastic Beasts is a really good example of the fact that you can take an, a really popular franchise, do prequels to it. And even when you've got a, the Harry Potter a franchise. Is, well, right. a great cast, but also a very a very living and breathing. I mean, the, the popularity of the, the Harry Potter attractions in London and in Orlando and here in Los Angeles, you know, is incredible. And it's, you know, irrefutable, the evidence, the fact that this is still a franchise that is bringing people in and it's certainly bringing big bucks. But it doesn't necessarily then relate and translate to butts on seats, which is really what you've got to do with a movie. I was on Collider uh, Movie Talk early this week and we were talking about this. It was myself, Perry and John. And we were talking about the idea, potentially I floated of it, doing it as a... Rather than a movie, doing it as a TV series, do it as a 10 episode, you know, split season event. Do it that way. That yeah. might be better and less risky than doing it as a, as a box office attempt. It would for sure be less risky than a box office. But again, I think the ship has sailed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really do. And this is a thing at Lionsgate is that they beat a dead horse. Mm. I mean, they were supposed to have a Hunger Games amusement park, I think, in Dubai. Yeah. I mean, who the hell's going to go to that? It's Battle Royale. Like, wh- what ride would you actually do on a Hunger Games? Yeah. Like, does it lend yeah. itself to a theme park? And so to do a prequel at this point, look, the book is going to be the book. Yeah. But that's not going to necessarily translate into box office. Yeah. Unless, of course, that book tanks. Then, you know, I would say no. But just look at this summer alone mm. when we talk sequelitis, which is a word we're hearing a lot of. Yeah. yeah be a little bit smarter. I, I wouldn't even say it's it's sequelitis. I would say it's remake-itis. <laughs> because I think yeah. people are just so tired of these franchises being redone. And... Over and over and over again. I mean, this is all this summer is. It's very rare you get a Star Wars or a Harry Potter. Right. Or a Marvel. It is very rare that you get those. It's lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. It's a frequency I use And Lionsgate had lightning in the bottle with the first Hunger Games. Mm. I mean, they really did. When they had the series of books, that was their lightning in a bottle. But they tried again, Divergent. They thought they were going to do it again. Poor Shailene Woodley was left hapless. Just take the Saw franchise. I mean, Jesus. Like, that was one where the first couple of movies did so well. And then they just kept going and going and going and going. And now they're remaking it again. And now they're remaking it. And it's it's like, like, oh, my God, stop. So, if I could quickly point. offer one hot take here, yeah, guys. Yeah, sure, Jeff. Just because I <laughs> think... Jeff in the booth. Uh, I have, so what's interesting about this to me is, while I agree with you that it's, there's a bit of a risky approach to this, sure. I really appreciate that they're, um, the way they're handling development here because Suzanne Collins is writing this novel before anything is being written for the screen. Mm-hmm. And that's the mistake that Fantastic Beasts has made. Is they've taken someone whose gift is novel, novelization and forced her into a screenwriting capacity. J.K. Rowling's not a screenwriter, which is the reason those movies are narratively problematic. And HBO did this right with Big Little Lies season two. The, uh, I, have someone who works, I know someone who works over in development over there. And what they did was they had um, uh, Moriarty, who writes those books... Mm write a like a sort of novella version of season two before they did any kind of um before david e kelly took over that property so i think because they're allowing the original creator of this franchise to novelize the story first there's hope for something good here i i you know i i think you do have a point but i would slightly disagree by the fact that if you uh, people knew the fantastic beasts books were were already out right you know uh, they they knew that there was a story there and this was written 
I think the problem and the difference is the fact that people just, in reality, outside of, a, a, you know, a hardcore base, which we also see, you know, a lot of really hardcore Harry Potter fans that I know don't really engage with the Wizarding World movies at all. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't want to. They don't like them for whatever reason. A lot of it doesn't have to do with that backroom stuff. Mm-hmm. They've either moved on or they're happy with what they've got or they just they're just kind of like full. People can sometimes get full of content. Sure. You know, and I think that's that's something as well. But it's a really interesting point. Yeah. A lot of people in the chat as well making uh, some uh, some good points and saying hello. Uh, Going to say hello to Chad Schultz. Good morning, Simon and Co. Good morning, Chad. Morning. Uh, good morning to Hugh in London. Hello, Hugh in London. Uh, Zeno Hour. Hello, Jenna James. Good morning. Uh, Cameron Egan. Good morning, movie fans. In my worst Robin Williams voice. Lol. <laughs> uh, Blackrock316. Good morning, everyone. Sandwich. What's up with the new Adam Sandler movie? I'm hearing mixed things. We might touch on that later. Uh, Dimitri in there is responding as is uh, Scott. Uh, Chad Schultz, a sandwich. My wife and I watched it and it was beyond bad, but I've hated Adam Sandler since Happy Gilmore. Oh, that's a long time. Wow. I suggest you let the hate go. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Uh, Love Toy Story 4. We're going to get to a review of Toy Story 4 later on in the show. Uh, Other people saying, Hugh uh, Hugh Jennings, hello, Simon. This is definitely the best show on the internet. Thank you so much. Indeed, we really appreciate that. Please tell other people. Uh, What's the phone number for the show? Uh, I will put the phone number up later um, if we get time to take calls today. Uh, Okay, Chad on Hunger Games. Hopefully, Lionsgate does better with the Hunger Games sequel than they did with Power Rangers. Now, interesting. This isn't going to be a sequel. This is going to be a prequel. What are they going to call it? The Peckish Games? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just just going to throw that out there. Mildly, mildly snacky. yeah. Bit snacky, fancy snack. snack games. <laughs> the hangry um, games. The hangry games. Hangry. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Power Rangers. Uh, do not think that Power Rangers is dead. I think they're going to do another Power Rangers, but don't expect that cast to now return because yeah. a number of those oh, people who no. were pretty much unknown at the time. I'm looking at you, Naomi Scott, uh, <laughs> and the guy who's now in Stranger Things and a few others yeah. have gone on to do things. So probably for the budget of that movie will be too expensive and won't want to do it. Naomi's got obviously Aladdin. She had Power Rangers. Charlie's she's got Angels. Charlie's Angels coming up. She's not going to want to do this. She's the next Jennifer Lawrence. Um, but yeah, <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. Cost her in it. Um, but yeah, so I, I wouldn't. I don't. Don't consider Power Rangers dead right now. Certainly. It's not. It's yeah. not dead. Seven um, there are conversations that. being had behind closed doors. Uh, Zeno Hour, dear Hollywood, stop making prequels, please. I think that's part of it. Um, Zeno Hour saying uh, the only good prequels are X Men: First Class and Rogue One. I think that's fair. I think there have been others, but those are two good examples. But I don't consider Rogue One a prequel, really. The same for Captain America: First Avenger. I don't consider that a prequel. Uh, Senor Nerd, I'm all for Hunger Games prequel. Have it around Woody Harrelson's character or the very first Hunger Games. Um, I don't know exactly where they're going to take this, um, but they, they're going to have to do something with it. The thing is, though, do they go back to early Origins characters or do they leave it alone? I mean, the thing is that Solo is a really good example of this. A year ago, Solo was in movie theatres. Right. Uh, it was just about to leave movie theatres. And <laughs> I was thinking, oh, da, 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 da. April, May, June, about to leave. Um, and a lot of people didn't engage with that. Sometimes people engage with characters who they already know in a younger form. Again, Wizarding World, another good example. And sometimes they don't. Bit of a risky thing or go with all new, all new characters or earlier versions of ones that are canon. And then we'll move on from this. It's a great question. I'm not sure Solo necessarily fits in because of that. The fan base, which I don't think Hunger Games has that same kind no. of a fan base. Mm. So you could do it with um, Haymitch. Is that Woody Harrelson's mm-hmm. character? Mm. And he was part of the first Hunger Games. I guess maybe Suzanne Collins. Maybe that's what she's writing about. And until the book comes out, I honestly have no idea. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't care. I think you need a mixture. <laughs> yeah. I think you need a mixture. Um, but I think you you have to have an audience, and I think that's that's what they're that's lacking the right now. Right, enough of an audience. I think there'll be that that retrospective audience, like the people who went, huh, "I'd love another Zoolander movie." <laughs> and then they go on nobody goes. Like Anchorman two, two. Anchorman two, two, two. Uh, Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Let's uh, let's uh, take a seat in Blumhouse Corner. Blumhouse, Blumhouse Corner! Corner. Big news from Blumhouse this week. Um, <laughs> Another Paranormal Activity sequel is in Ah, development. I was very surprised by this news this week. Uh, Okay, let's talk about this for a minute. Um, Please (laughs) do get involved in the chat because that's a really good way uh, for people to get involved in this show. Um, 
And without you guys, there is no show at all. Paranormal Activity. Okay, I really love the first three movies. Yes. I was recently working on a documentary about the marketing campaign for the first movie, which completely changed so many things about the industry, completely unintentionally, and also went on to influence the um, Obama campaign, which was very interesting. But when the documentary is released, you'll hear more about that. Um the first three movies were really, really good. I didn't, I wasn't much of a fan of the one where they did it in the uh, Latino community. I thought that lacked, that went in a completely different direction and really lacked any of the genuine. That was the fifth one, right? Uh, the fifth one, yeah. And then there was uh, Ghost Dimension was the fifth one, I think. I thought oh. that was the fourth. The, that was the, the fourth one. you're talking one. about it, you're referencing the fourth. The fifth yeah. one, I believe, was the fifth the one was Ghost Dimension. Dimension, I think, which was terrible. I thought the fourth one was with the white girl with the camera. They all they are, they all white well, girls. No, with no, the no, 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 no. The younger, the younger white. The younger, like there was other. The let, other ones were about couples. Yeah, and then it was this was this was the one let, with the younger. Just, yeah, it's hard to. I, but I agree with you. See, this, part, this is an up, issue. Up until number three. If you can't even remember, how well, good are they? They're not you good. Can't. They're not good. This is the problem. The first three were great, and See, then I it don't just, think they were. Great. And then they. And, you can't even remember what the first okay, movie was. Here, here we go. Let's don't, boys, 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 settle down. The firm, uh, okay, the film is the first chronologically. Chronologically, the third, okay? Yes. Uh, so, a paranormal sequel and prequel, Paranormal Activity 2, was released in 2010. Success of the first two films spawned additional films in the series. The prequel, Paranormal Activity 3, in 2011, and Paranormal Activity 4, the sequel to the second installment in 2012. White girl movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. White girls, paranormal activity, the Wayans Brothers movie we never saw. Um, and a, a, a spin-off, The Marked Ones, was released in 2014. Yes. And the fifth installment, The uh, Ghost Dimension, was released in 2015. Um, now, those last two movies, Marked Ones and Ghost Dimension, were considerably yes. less good in quality for me than the original sort of, you know, first couple of movies. Although, I am wondering, because Blumhouse is really generally on top of its game right now, and, uh, you know, this is maybe people are keen for some of these franchises to come back, and they have had success with Halloween 2, which we'll get back to later, is that... Is but it a good time to bring it back? Jason Blumhouse was a producer on the original Paranormal. He, he was. was at, he was at Paramount. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he brought that yep. friend. Well, he brought the movie to Paramount. I remember this very well because in horror history, this was the movie. This Paranormal Activity was the first movie to go up against and compete with Saw, mm. with the Saw movie, yeah. and it actually that year because they took a page from the Lionsgate playbook and opened up Paranormal in October around Halloween and it actually beat out Saw. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I remember that very well. I didn't, you know, I personally was never a huge fan of the Paranormal franchise. For me, it was a bunch of dumb people going the wrong way. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, tourists? You, you can't tourist. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what they seem like. But please do help me with my rucksack. <laughs> um, yeah, don't go there. Oh, all right, let's go there. <laughs> don't, but um, this says murder sound. What? <laughs> murder. What could I possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong with with a white girl in a camera? So, uh. it, but the longevity that this has had, I'm not surprised. That's all I'll say. And I believe it's Paramount. It is Paramount. Right? Yeah. So Paramount needs a friendship, much like Lionsgate. Paramount is at the point where they two are trying to beat a dead horse, and they need something too outside of Mission Impossible. You're telling me they're not going to get it with Dora the Explorer movie? Hey, I want to see that movie. I like that actor. <laughs> uh, like I mean, it. I I, but, I do quite like the idea that that, that Paramount are going to embrace this and kind of do their own ghosts protocol. I, I, mm. I. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought that was pretty good, actually. Thank you. <laughs> I've actually made you want to be sick, uh, which is nice. It's <laughs> funny. Seltzer water's coming I, out of my nose I, I, I get, right now. This, I that was a good one. Simon tells even... a joke. Dimitri wants to vomit. Uh, yeah, well, I just well, took a sip of my water and uh, it's coming up so my often. nose. <laughs> Sipping water. Okay, let's yeah, uh, let's have a look in the chat. Uh, Ashley Menzel. Hello, Ashley Menzel. Good morning. Uh, there's a lot to explore for Hunger Games as to how the world ended uh, up in this post-apocalyptic. Uh, ended up in this post-apocalyptic. 
pushy, shitty world. Um, <laughs> however, I don't think the original fandom will embrace as much. I agree with you. Uh, Cammy responding to Ashley. Instead of a film, do you think Hunger Games prequels would be better as a series? Yeah, this is something I suggested this week. Uh, Jenna James saying, yeah, Ashley, hence why I suggested an idea like Simon's put on Netflix, Hulu, uh, Warner Brother, AT&T's upcoming streaming service, etc. I would just go with something like AMC. Yeah. Or I would go with an HBO or something like that. Yeah. Uh, rather than, I mean, perhaps a Netflix. But if you do Netflix now and Hulu, I know they did this with the act. You do um, episodes released week by week. I think you need to do it week by week. So I would say either a Hulu or Doody on network TV. A lot of networks. And now you can be a bit more violent within, mm-hmm. you know, True. sort of network stuff. So I think AMC FX. actually might be, FX would be a really yeah. good home for this. So but, and you're right, Simon. But here's the thing. Like if you're, what they have to avoid, if they go that route, mm. is to not do it on another paid subscription platform like like a CBS, CBS All Access, Access yeah. or even, yeah, yeah. you know... Um, I think that's a good point, actually. BlackRock 316. I love Paranormal Activity franchise, but damn, reboot it. I saw the last movie. was not that good. It was terrible. Um, it's so terrible that if you watch it on Amazon Prime now, uh, <laughs> they literally give you $5 credit for watching it. They don't. I'm lying, but it's that bad. Uh, it's, uh, you can do a double bill with Suspiria. No one else has. Um, uh, Jenna James, I stopped after the Latino-related one. That was a particularly yeah. one. That was, it was a really good idea executed so badly. It just simply wasn't... It was like it was like cat and mouse. It wasn't anything else than more than that. Ashley Menzel, if I had to do math or need a timeline to figure out what movie I'm talking about, there's a problem. I'd instantly lose interest. I think that's what a lot of people do. But I think a lot of people, and only the, only the hardcore fans really care about the chronology of these things. A lot of average people will just sit in front of a movie just to be entertained, and they're not, they're not that interested or too worried about the nitty-gritty. As long as you give them about, like, this was before that one, or... Here's, it's like with the Marvel movies. Whenever a new Marvel movie comes out, you always get these articles about where does this fit in chronologically. Yeah. I think the amount of people that actually care about where these things fit in chronologically to, to any great degree is actually quite small. Hmm. Yes. I, think I don't know. I think it might be a little bit bigger. Well, than for, those, for, for those fan movies. For, so, for, so movies yeah. like Star Wars right. and Marvel yeah. and DC, people want to know. Those are kind of exceptions. For a paranormal movie... I mean, it helps, I guess, if you're told. If it's in the marketing or something... But you're right. They're not going to be... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in the marketing, to say, oh, this is between the between blah, blah, and blah, 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 right. blah, 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 happened. Yeah. That's fine. But I don't even, like, you know, do, like, head-scratchy things and get too worried. But I, Ashley does have a very valid point there. Uh, if you need to introduce math, it's not good. Uh, uh, Chad Schultz, I'm a sucker for the Paranormal Activity series. Uh, they aren't great at all, but they're good, fun movies for me. I agree. I mean, as a series, um, certainly the first, you know, three or four I really, really enjoyed. The last two I were just... I, I will never revisit. The others I do revisit on a regular basis and I believe they are actually free on Amazon Prime right now if you uh, if you want to go and check those out with this news breaking this week uh, Anthony Manzano meet the movie press if you had a chance to redo the universal classic monster universe who would you like to take charge of it mine would be Guillermo del Toro and Rob Zombie like this MCU did with Kevin Feige um, yeah I mean it is it is kind of coming back um, kind of, uh, kind of with, with Invisible Man that Lee Winnell is overseeing. Um, I mean, I don't know. To be honest with you, I wouldn't want someone to see it overarching. Uh, but Z- aren't they kind of going into Blumhouse? Like, aren't they taking over this dark universe for Universal? In a sense, I don't think. I don't like, think Invisible Man is Blumhouse. Is actually related to Blumhouse, right? Um, but I don't know where that's going to lie. I might be wrong. You might be yeah, right. I don't I, know. I, but well, I didn't it's know not. It's not a Blumhouse Man. production. Right. I know they're not involved in it. In that that way. would make sense. That. I I would have thought that that would have been where they would have handed it to, especially with this, with Blumhouse's relationship with Universal. Xeno sure. uh, Hour, Simon, pitch a paranormal activity in the Blair Witch crossover, but as a romantic horror comedy between Blair Witch and Toby. Uh, think when Harry met Sally with demons. Hmm. Hmm. Blair Witch, though, is another example <laughs> of, shit. of trying to reboot something. Oh, that yeah. Nobody yeah. Lions Gate again. And we we had this. We need to stay on topic a bit, but we had um, we we had this conversation over breakfast this morning where it um, it was a case of you know you see movies at festivals and Blair Witch uh, previewed at Comic Con a couple of years ago and everybody went bananas yes. for it. They lost their shit over this movie and it was like oh my god it's the best movie ever. And then when it came out, a lot of people readjusted their opinions or kind of pretended that they didn't say what they said. And when I saw it, I thought it was terrible the new Blair Witch movie, and I think that killed that franchise stone dead. The original Blair Witch is, to me, the only good one that's come out of that franchise I love whatsoever. the second one. Book of really? I love Book really? of Shadows. Book of wow. Shadows. Yeah. You're the one. I, yeah. You're I, the, I right. saw it twice in the theater, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I liked wow, it. Wow, okay. I really did. There Shill. Shill. 
You got paid by the studio to say that. Shill. Uh, okay. The studio doesn't exist because it wasn't made by like another artist. No, it's Artisan, which yeah. was bought by Lionsgate. Oh. Sandwich. Uh, <laughs> uh, sandwich. Paranormal Activity franchise is like Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, okay, I cannot wait to read the rest of this one. I tried the first one. It's okay, but I won't go out of my way to seek it out. Yes. Okay. That's a great. I agree. Uh, sh- I get it. Sure? Uh, Chad Schultz, I would love a Blumhouse corner where Simon talks about Blumhouse getting the Blair Witch rights. Well, I know. Here's something. It's not Blair Witch, but I do know of something that Jason Blum and Blumhouse are trying to get the rights to, have had conversations and I heard this from someone who is very close to him of a, of, a, of a movie that I'm very excited if he gets the rights to to remake it. I'm very excited about it. It's one of my favorite really? movies and, and it's a hidden gem. Um, <laughs> so I, I genuinely, if, if that breaks, I'm not going to be the one to spill the beans. But uh, if it happens, I'll be very happy. I don't want to jinx it because I want it to happen. So I know that they're very. I know that they're very much in trying to get Friday the Thirteenth too. If that can ever get out of court, yeah, we'll but, see with uh, that. I think that one's kind of on the back burner a little bit. Go. But I think they're coming. I mean, again, when I was, when I see Jason, I always ask him about these things. So when I see him soon, I'll, I'll, I'll try and get an update. Staying in Blumhouse Corner, but moving on from Paranormal Activity, Halloween Two is gearing up for a full shoot. We know a couple of weeks ago there was a picture, obviously, of Jason and uh, of Jamie Lee Curtis together. Right. They were talking about. Stuff. It was kind of inevitable. I remember when Halloween came out last year, uh, we kind of expected the sequel to be announced straight away and, you know, mm-hmm. shooting to be imminent. We thought they might have had a script already. Uh, yeah. But it looks like a number of people are going to return, Jamie Lee Curtis being one of them, uh, David Gordon Green uh, potentially to direct or maybe exec produce if he doesn't want to direct that one. Um, but we'll see what happens. Halloween 2. Um, as much as I enjoyed Halloween, I am a little bit on the fence about Halloween 2 because... I think that was it was a nicely strong piece and I think it was a really nice bookend. It it was a return to form for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I think actually, even though the money and the potential is there and there is potentially good stories to be told, I would be fine if that was actually if that was the bookend for the series. Now, Dimitri, you're the resident Halloween master. So give me your thoughts on this first. I agree with you that if they if they chose to end it the way that they did. You're right. It is the perfect bookend. But of course, I'm not going to complain about a Halloween 2, especially if they get the same talent back. Mm. Uh, and that does include the writing and the directing. Now, you know, it could be, and who knows, it's way too early to tell, and I'm just throwing this out there, because John Carpenter has said he has wanted to throw his hat back in the ring That's and director. direct again. Yeah. So... We know that it was a major part of the marketing campaign to have John Carpenter come come back on as a producer. He did the score. Uh, he was there while filming. So who knows? Who knows? Like this could be the project that gets him back. Maybe. <laughs> I, you know, my little opinion on this is the fact that I really don't want this either. Mm. Because I agree with you, but this is the don't look so sad that you agree is, with this me. Is, this is the problem. I like, agree whatever. with this you. This is the problem I have with I'm studios. I'm disgusted with myself. Go ahead. This is just the problem I have with studios. Yes, they can't leave well enough alone. Mm. And I'm going to eat my words by saying this right now because I'm going to take it back when we review another movie later on. But when with Halloween, like you said, it was a nice bookend. Yeah, it was something that fans have been dying to see for a very long time. Mm. And they did such a great job with the movie. They did. And kind of to try to one-up it with a sequel, because that's what they have to do, right? They have to up their game. I feel like it's just... It's going to be so hard to top it. And there's so few companies or movie franchises that have ever been able to do that, except for the one we'll talk about later. And what, um, the thing is, there's also, I mean, and this is not the only franchise that does it. Halloween uh, has done it a number of times, and so have, oh my God, Friday, Friday the 13th, 13th and many of this, where it's Street, like, uh, he's dead, Child's he's not Play, dead. He escaped, I mean, did he escape? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, and I'm just a little bit, I, it's just, it's fine to have an ending. It, it really is. is. It's it fine is. to have yeah, an ending. It is, and I thought this, I thought that's what this past iteration of Halloween was supposed to be. Yeah. It was because they were retconning all the sequels, like literally all the sequels. Mm-hmm. It was only supposed to be connected to the original 
Carpenter Halloween. Yep. And this was supposed to tell the story of Laurie and Michael. Yep. And, you know, to me, it was fine that we don't see Michael Myers uh, or the shape in that final shot in mm. the basement with a fire. Yeah. And if you look at the freeze frame of uh, the three of them, you have the generations, you have the mother, the daughter, the granddaughter in the back of that pickup. And it almost looks as if Laurie Strode had suffered a mortal wound. Mm. Uh, so had they ended it that way, it was really a solid way to end. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a dopey fan, so I'm going to go see the second one. Yeah. But again, I will criticize it upon its merits, whether it's good or... I and you know, I mean, the, the film's bad. coming, so it's not it's like... Happening. Yeah, it's happening. So it's right. not... You know, but I just think it would have been really nice to end there. Um, some interesting chats uh, in here. Um, uh, Zeno, I was saying, damn, my joke not got no love. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I missed your... No, I didn't. I read out your joke. Uh, your joke might not have got love, but Zeno, you get love. Yes. Which is great. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, there's someone in the chat. Um, I can't believe this is true. Someone has a book of shadows bag. <laughs> I do. <laughs> which they refuse to. Did you keep your Jar Jar Binks? Fucking <laughs> yeah. drink toppers in there. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm 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 amazed, Scott Menzel, that when you, you and Ashley moved house oh, recently, that yeah. Ashley didn't accidentally leave a box behind. <laughs> and by behind, I mean in the back of a trash truck. <laughs> Dude, come on. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. It's, you should see some of the shit I have. It's oh kind of funny. God. I have the original um, Burger King watches for Nightmare Before Christmas, too. Well, that's, well, that's, that's okay. awesome. That's kind of cool. That's awesome. Compared but to not Book, Book of, of Shadows. Book of Shadows watches even, glasses <laughs> with extra lead? Even the market. Remember the Batman cups? I'm so mad that my mom threw those out. Really? The Batman Returns cups? I remember, remember them. Those? I have them. Oh, you do? I do. Wow. Yeah. I do. Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, you might, uh, I don't know, find them, find them on a swamp meat or a something. I don't know. Um, Ashley Menzel uh, saying, side note, what happened to the Tales of the Crypt reboot? Yeah, I mean, that's still, it's still mooted. Um, I know that there's a Creepshow reboot coming. Um, there was some stuff on that uh, late yesterday. Uh, but yeah, Tales of the Crypt, it kind of died. They tried to do it a number of times and it just couldn't work, um, which is really unfortunate. Uh, but Xeno Hour, going back to my, my reference about um, Blumhouse looking to buy the rights to something that's pretty cool. Uh, is it Miami Connection? It is not Miami Connection, although that is a kick-ass, terrible, terrible film. Uh, okay, let's have a look at what some other people are saying in the chat. Ashley, again, uh, I don't know if I want the same writers back for Halloween 2 because I feel like the comedy worked because it was different. Going with the same level of comedy might cheapen the recent one. Yeah, I agree with Ashley on this. I definitely would actually go with... Um, I would go with uh, something a bit more uh, serious. Uh, otherwise, it does become a little bit too much like a comedy franchise. And this is where some horror movies that try to use humour to create some levity or, a, you know, a coda in all the in all the sort of you know the the, the tension um it goes too far and it becomes like it's a, it's a horror comedy and i i just think it's very difficult to get that balance right and i think if you do the same again it starts to get into that territory and if you up it i would i would just go back to the the original sort of occasional wry tongue in cheek level of dark comedy that some of the original halloween movies had uh, the the knowing nods and winks rather than laughs. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I usually agree with Ashley and, and you, but I don't. There was only one scene in which there was some sense of levity, and there was the two policemen in the car talking about bun me sandwiches. I don't know what other comedy you saw within Halloween in that movie because I I, I honestly that was didn't. a laugh riot for people at Toronto I'm telling yeah. you oh my god the screening that I was at there were there yeah. a lot of people laughing about it I mean I don't remember the details of that I mean, movie I, all that much I, but. I, I mean there we'll, there we'll get certain, to this on Child's Play but yeah, yeah. I mean there were certain um, Easter egg scenes yeah. that deserved a ton of like cheering and, and what but I can't recall outside of that scene yeah. i don't remember a lot of great comedy coming out of that movie xeno hour saying bring back buster rhymes for halloween too you <laughs> cowards uh xeno hour is obviously buster rhymes we always wonder who these people are yeah uh but great buster looking for work. <laughs> uh i'm serious bringing back best fight scene in a horror movie uh Kame egan uh saying scott you are so right if it's a good franchise that's not only making money but great stories studios need to follow the old saying if it ain't broke don't fix it and anthony manzano saying scott I'm a G.I. Joe fan. Should I be excited for Hasbro rebiting G.I. Joe, the franchise, which I think 
would like it to be in a rebooted GI. Okay, let me read that again. Scott, I'm a GI Joe fan. Should I be excited for Hasbro rebooting GI Joe franchise? Who would you like to be in the rebooted GI <laughs> Joe franchise? Um, There's only one way to go for that franchise, and that is up. Because that last oh. franchise was down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and even when, I, even when I spoke to Sienna Miller, she was like, you know, she made a it mistake being in the first one. It is a horrible, horrible yeah. franchise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, didn't they have Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that movie, too? Yes, they did. Yeah. Who do I want in that movie? I really don't want the movie. Uh, yeah. I have no idea who would be in that movie. No I, I, I just Dwayne think... The Rock Johnson, because he's in everything. Well, he was in the last one. Oh, my God. He, he was. was, wasn't he? He Jesus was. He was. Yeah, he was. Him and Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Tatum. Well, he took over for Channing Tatum. Ch- Channing Tatum. Channing right? died. Yeah. Spoiler. Magic Mike. Yes. Magic Mike G.I. Joe crossover. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to some other news. Uh, Avengers Endgame returning to theaters next weekend with deleted scenes and more. Uh... Um, I mean, some people are saying that this is a, de- a deliberate attempt yes. to try and get uh, the box office up so it'll beat Avatar. Right. I think there's an element of that. Uh, and I just think that anybody who's seen it, it's, it's so close to coming out on theatrical now, on, on home entertainment mm-hmm. release. Um, I think a lot of people have seen it already. I don't know who, especially at this point in the juncture where you've got Spider-Man coming out, it kind of makes a little bit of sense if you're adding some scenes that will then relate to Spider-Man as Spider-Man comes out. I still think it's a little bit of a cash grab. And I think well, it's but, a little bit of a cash but, grab. Just a I, I, Yeah, I'm just... For a three and a half hour movie. I would just like Disney to give a little bit of breathing room for some other studios well, to get some screens. Here's the thing. Well... You know, I'm glad you said that because two points. Number one, it has been said that this new Spider-Man movie yeah. is actually the actual end. The end to, to the, yeah, it's the end, end game. This. Right. Number two, I think the only reason why, outside of the cash, bribe, uh, cash grab aspect, the only other reason that allows this to happen is because we are in the middle of the summer of meh. I think there are more than enough screens mm. for Avengers to take a screen here and there because a lot of the tentpole movies have not delivered. So they're losing their multiple screens. Yeah. They can't hold them. So Disney is seeing this opportunity and they're like going, okay, we can take up a screen here, 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 and there, mm. and we can re release this movie, add additional scenes. So it's, now it's going to be three and a half hours long. So yeah, had, had this been a, had this been an extremely strong box office summer, yeah, this wouldn't happen because you wouldn't have the screens, and I think you kind of sort of do. Yeah, at this point, people talking about GI Joe. We're going to come back to this in a second. Uh, I agree with you. I do. Uh, I think they need to embrace the camp with GI Joe. Um, Okay, uh, they could, that could go a number of ways. Uh, they need all the meaty men. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I think you have confused this, Ashley, with with Magic Mike. Um, sandwich, John Cena. Uh, no, um, Ashley Menzel, uh, like Vin Diesel, The Rock, Channing Tatum. You totally don't have a type. Uh, <laughs> Jenna James, Dave Batista. Ashley, Dave Batista. Ashley, haha, yes, Jenna. Uh, Chad Schultz, uh, can you say cash grab? Exactly. Uh, we said it very well. Uh, John Cena and Peter Dinklage. Um, okay. Uh, sandwich, I want more Dinklage. I hope that's not a typo. Uh, Ashley Mandel, and then throw in a little, a little Kevin Hart for comedy. He doesn't like being called Little Kevin Hart. Uh, sandwich, put Dinklage in everything. Uh, I did, and I got arrested. Um, Zeno Hour, make a G.I. Joe TV series for Amazon or Netflix. Make it a cross between Avengers and Jack Ryan. Uh, I think, actually, a G.I. Joe TV series would be really good. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff on network over the last couple of years uh, that's come through where they tried to reboot things like Magnum, etc., and Hawaii Five O, they've really kind of left me cold. They haven't done anything, but I think if Netflix or Amazon wanted to do something like a GI Joe series, I think would actually be really good. There's a lot of people out there that I think could potentially fill those it, camo boots. Um, to me, that has CW written all over it. Oh God, no! Keep it away no, from it there doesn't. and freeform. Yeah. No, 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 no. No one ever wants to see anything on. C- if someone That's goes, "Oh, true. I got a new show," CW. That's not true. You, when you look at things like uh, Supernatural 
what Arrow has done. Batwoman is coming out. And I disagree. But, that, but that's I very different to G.I. Joe. Yeah, they'll make it. Don't put it on CW. Yeah, they'll make it. Don't put it on CW. Go to, go to streaming. Seriously, if you put it on CW, it's not going to work. No. Uh, audiences, no. it's very, it's, it's quite difficult to sustain those audiences occasionally you'll get like a supergirl and a you know an arrow or something that will run and supernatural which will run for that many series but it's just, it's so difficult you if you get those committed eyes great if you don't it's like you never existed yeah i wouldn't dismiss i wouldn't CW i anything, wouldn't put it on cw yeah that'd be the last thing i'd rather put it on a, a cbs or an abc than than a, a cw the history channel history channel <laughs> <laughs> They show drama series now. Okay, uh, moving on very quickly. Uh, Kevin Feige wants Keanu Reeves in the MCU and also says that a a Venom and Spider-Man crossover movie is likely. Uh, Yeah, I think that's kind of inevitable because Spider-Man is proving so insanely popular. Um, I think Tom hiring Tom Holland for this was one of the greatest decisions that the MCU have done. Absolutely. Um, But Keanu Reeves in the MCU, I mean... Is that just because Keanu Reeves is having a renaissance right now? And realistically, a good renaissance, a good yeah. renaissance and he's doing Whoa, some great yeah. stuff. Whoa. But this is going to be okay. This is going to be um, even if he gets cast in a movie, it's not going to be out for two years. So how long is the renaissance going to last? What you don't want to do is have someone that's on a role at the end of that role. Jennifer Lawrence did that with a load right. of projects. He won't be able to because in the next two... Well, when's the next John, John Wick, Wick coming? Yeah, yeah well, he's got yeah. Uh, Bill and Ted, then he's got John Wick. Right. So it would it certainly wouldn't be really for at least two years, right. more likely three to four. Yeah. So let's see what happens. And the John Wick TV series. Um, I mean, do you think realistically that's just a, that's just like a, a, someone's just asked a question at a junket and gone... Like the same old one is like, would you like to be in a Marvel movie? I know everyone wants to be in a Marvel movie at this point, right? Yeah. So. I think pretty much everybody has been in a Marvel yeah, movie. Me too. At some point, or he's signed up. Yeah. Or they walk by and they're in the background saying hi. Yeah. yeah. I think a Venom Spider Man yeah. movie, though, um, if, it's, if it is likely, like Kevin says, um, I think uh, that would actually elevate Venom, which I, I know yes. some yes. people really liked, but for me, it really lacked. It wouldn't hurt. <laughs> any form of chemistry or any form, apart from the character that was Venom, that was kind of the, the star character. Yeah. And I don't mean the Tom Hardy bit. Um, I, I think it would elevate that quite mm-hmm. a lot. I agree. So, I agree. Cool. I think it needs it. Okay, uh, Toy Story 4 this weekend. Box Office will reach for the sky with 260 million global debut. Let's have a look. This is from Box Office Mojo. Uh, previews for Toy Story 4. We're going to do a review later on in the show. Brought in 12 million from Thursday evening previews. Uh, second largest preview gross for an animated film ever. Uh, but it is behind the 18.5 million that was Incredibles 2. It is well ahead, though, um, of the 9 million for Finding Dory. Um, we're looking at a weekend, of, I mean, very, the figures for this vary this week. Um, but we're looking at a weekend of 165 million. I think we're going to top that. I think we're going to see domestic, I think, 170, 175 million for this. Because not only is it a, is it a great movie, but the word of mouth on this, mm-hmm. and even people who I know who don't, they don't. They don't necessarily go out and see a movie the first weekend. Are going out and seeing this movie on the first weekend? Yep. Only for a handful of movies this year have I seen this. Scott, your predictions on this? No, I, I think you're right. I think it's closer to 200. Um, what I think could it reach 200? I could. I, I think the marketing originally hurt this movie because everyone had it in their mindset, myself included that there was no way that we needed a Toy Story 4. Mm. And most of the trailers didn't do much. There was a lot of backlash towards a lot of the early trailers. And Disney, as always, did such a great job promoting this movie and making sure they went above and beyond by sending a bunch of press to different press events and building up this hype and this awareness for this movie. And especially... Especially this past these past two weeks. Oh yeah. So all the buzz that has come out has been overwhelmingly positive. Mm. So everyone started getting more and more excited about it. They know how to ju- they know how to build the hype train, yep. and it lives up to the hype train. Yeah, it does. And and Disney too does something that not many other studios, if any other studio. They power through. Yeah. So it's like you said. It's like, yes, the trailer comes out, the buzzes and all that great, but they just power through. Yeah. They don't care. Mm. They're like, this is what you get. Boom, boom, boom. And they know how to build that hype 
slowly but surely mm-hmm. up until, like you said, it was about two weeks ago where you really started hearing great things about this movie, and then you see it. Yeah. And and I think you know, it, it all started back at CinemaCon, where they showed the first 18 minutes of the movie, which they also showed when we were up at Pixar. And... It just it all ties together. I mean, the, the did you see the whole movie of Pixar? No, right, no, okay. the, and and that was the reason before because they they knew that they just wanted to give you that little snippet, yeah, right, so they can start the buzz early. That like everyone was like, oh, this this isn't going to be that good, and then they show it, and you know, the first couple minutes of the movie touches on the nostalgia aspect, right. but then shows the story moving forward, and then you know they have they just know what they're doing at Disney. I mean, even with Aladdin, for example, where they premiered Aladdin, mm. they knew that they were going to get better reactions than the U.S. audience, yeah. which is why they premiered it there. Mm-hmm. Right, And then it instantly got buzzed, and then it got mixed reviews here, but people were invested enough. Yeah. We'll get to the reviews in a sec, but I genuinely was a bit worried about Toy Story 4. Me too. Um, I, I, first of all, I didn't think we needed it, and the trailers didn't do a huge amount for me. I thought it was going to be too gimmicky. Um, but we'll get to the, we'll get to the review in, in just a little while. But I think really this weekend, this is going to, like, suck all the air out of the room it is um, i mean if we're looking at and this is again by by box office mojo so there's going to be other people who have slightly different opinions on this um toy story 4 165 i think it's going to do 175 you think it might hit top 200 yeah child's play is apparently looking to go into number two and what are you thinking that that's gonna estimate to bring in this weekend about uh 20 million I was say 17 15 million to 20. yeah 15, yeah, 15 to, 20. to 20 i think it's going to be around the 15 it, mark it, to be honest it with you could, it could under index yeah um, um, and then everything else is, you know, is is around or below that. Secret Life of Pets two third place twelve point three, uh, Men in Black International twelve, uh, Aladdin eleven, Rocket Man five point six. Everything then is kind of below it. Even uh, Godzilla then in tenth place like four point three. Yeah, Th- this is gonna. I mean, Godzilla this is gonna. Godzilla's like, out. This yeah, weekend. my God. Dark Phoenix done. is is like losing like well over a thousand screens this weekend. Yeah. Um, Dark Phoenix is out after it's this done. week. It's gonna be you know. I'll be amazed if it still has, you know, more than a third of the screens that it had when it opened next weekend, possibly, you know, less than a quarter. It's going to be out within the next two weeks. And Toy Story 4, to your point about it sucking up all the air, I mean, because we haven't had a movie like that in a long time, especially this summer. So people are clamoring um, for good family fare that everybody is going to go to. Mm. So... Uh, before we get to the reviews, I just want to do some stuff in the chat. Xeno uh, Hour is saying, uh, speaking of box office, quick thoughts on the New York Times feature on the Future Cinema article. That is too that is too big of an article to get into on this point in the show, unfortunately. Um, but it does make a really interesting read if you if you want to find that uh, this week. It actually raises a few really, really important points. Uh, Jenna James, can't wait to see Toy Story 4 with my little cousins. We're going to have the review in a second. We're going to talk about some trailers first, though. Uh, Kame Egan, uh, yes, I would dig Keanu with Silver Surfer. Going back to Keanu in the end. <laughs> MCU. A lot of people saying that. Also, uh, Jenna James saying Reeves as Norman Osborn. Can we stop doing Norman Osborn? Yeah. We right. need to stop doing Norman Osborn, seriously, because we, we've done, he's been done, you know, twice now, and there are plenty of other people that have a nemesis. And also, to be honest with you, I think he would be kind of like a bad Bill and Ted or a bad, you know, ugh, ugh, Keanu Reeves. And I want Keanu to have something a bit more action, a bit more, you know, full on, right on the front line, that potentially they can use him in more than one movie rather than just a side project of, yeah. of the universe. And again, since we were talking about reboots and things like that, let us not forget that the amazing Spider-Man never finished its 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 trilogy. No. Yeah. They, you know, they never gave Andrew Garfield his opportunity to sign off. Yeah. And they were and they were. Brilliant. Bringing in new villains mm. that we'd never seen. We'd never before. see again. Yeah, the and, and, never see again. and they <laughs> they never finished it. Okay, let's so. talk about some trailers very quickly before we get yes. to the box office. Uh, two doozies were released this week. Uh, one is theatrical, and one is non-theatrical, but worth talking about. Uh, first one is Ready or Not trailer mm. that dropped on Monday morning. Uh, a movie that I had no idea even existed um, until Monday morning. It's coming out in August in theaters. Um, <laughs> it looks absolutely fucking insane. It does. Um, it looks like a cross between your name next and clue um it genuinely genuinely took me by surprise uh scott your thoughts on no, this? no i had the same feeling i mean fox searchlight it's being released by fox searchlight yep. has this movie and i think they're suffering this year because they just don't have the marketing push because they're focusing so heavily on disney movies and fox is kind of being tossed to the side um 
that being said, I, I think this could be a welcome surprise, especially for August. You know, it yeah. looks like it's going to be a fun whodunit, you know, and the cast looks great and it looks like it has some great suspense. I, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, it, it really it really took me by surprise. And also, you know, it's it's got Andy McDowell with a crossbow. Yeah. So I really liked it. But coming out of CinemaCon and seeing footage from Knives Out. Knives Out. It looks like that. It looks exactly it? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Knives does. Out. It was really weird. And yeah. I'm wondering, how does how is Lionsgate feeling about this? Because this movie, Knives Out, is supposed to be coming out, I think, October, November. Uh, so it was really interesting to see this movie. And you're right, it came out of nowhere. But don't forget, too, Fox Searchlight is like the only Fox label that Disney is carrying over. I know. Disney would never release this movie. No. no. So, But Fox Searchlight can. And I think with... With all the transitioning going on, I, I just think that's why we never heard of this movie. And now that the dust is starting to settle, at least, so now Fox Searchlight's able to put this movie out and date it. And I'm, I'm looking, job. I'm looking forward to seeing this in theaters. Um, I'm not quite sure how how much of a response it's going to get in theaters from from people, you know, putting bums on seats and, and you know buying tickets. I'm quite surprised that as people didn't tend to know that this movie was coming out. Why they didn't just sell it off to a Netflix or an Amazon Prime as a movie that was just for streaming, rather than take it to theaters? Because it wasn't as if it wasn't as if there was going to be any uh, downside in the fact that oh, this was going to be a big theatrical movie. Let's push it out. Blah blah blah. I would have just actually to get a better return potentially, unless this does get kind of jumped on like a John Wick or something. Uh, I don't know what this is going to do at the box office. This is the 25th year for Fox Searchlight. Yeah. And, you know, Tolkien came out earlier in the year, did absolutely nothing. And I don't know how well this movie is going to do, but maybe the thought process behind releasing this into theaters is to hope that it finds an audience. Yeah. And that even if it gets a cult following, that it gets one. Because 25 years is a big you know number yeah. for for a small studio like fox searchlight and i'm i'm hoping they have something that really hits this year because yeah. i feel bad for them because each and every award season they always have something and i can't tell you anything that's coming out for award season from them no that's gonna again do well. i i kind of put the blame on the whole acquisition merger. transition yeah. merger but I, I'm glad that they're going theatrical. Me too. I mean, I really am because, well, you saw the trailer and you loved it, right? Yeah. It could so easily get lost on Netflix. Or, I mean, so but like I, I mean, but know, I see a lot of trailers that I think are going to be great, and they get completely lost in theatrical. Yeah, I just you think know, and that, that's that's the thing. I. I, what's the exact date in August? Do we have? Do, I think it's like or something. It's I mean, quite. Oh, early it's in right August. after the Hobbs uh, and Shaw. Yeah. 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 Which is why I think it's going to yeah, get lost. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. You know. We'll see. Uh, but we'll see. Okay, uh, plenty the, of months to market. Okay, the other one I need to um, uh, another one I need to talk about is the Banana Splits trailer that came out this week, uh, which is a dark take on the classic kids TV show. Uh, interesting, but I don't know. I don't. It seems like obviously a great joke in a pub, <laughs> right. you know. But I don't really know if it's going to translate into a movie. But I'm certainly. The, the trailer had me a bit intrigued, but it's a sci-fi movie, right. and I'm a little bit concerned that it's just going to end up looking cheap rather uh. than. That's how I feel about it. I think it's going to be cheap. Yeah, it looks it looks like a direct to DVD type, which movie. is exactly pretty much what it is. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the trailer just I it should have been a lot funnier and a lot edgier than yeah. it is, and it just it just feels so dated. Like yeah. it's kind of like Death to Smoochie all over again. <laughs> yeah, again, a great movie that nobody saw no. actually. Death of Smooch is a great movie. Are they going to have like the adventures of Tom Sawyer? No, they're there? not going to have any of those cartoons no. in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot, of people also, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of people also talking, uh, continuing to talk about MCU in there. People talking about Child's Play, which we're going to get to next in the reviews. Uh, Kame Egan, I think Child's Play is going to bomb big time uh, due to what was previously mentioned by the panel regarding the reboot. Um, Jack Dennis coming back with uh, most horror reboots don't get positive reviews until uh, unlike Child's Play which I believe is fresh at the moment yes it is fresh at the moment Uh, a lot of the reviews are out but it's getting some very mixed reactions as well and also don't forget that sometimes what critics say um, is not entirely what the audience will feel like there are a lot of movies that get uh, fresh on there that audiences simply you know vehemently disagree with Um, so don't take 
don't ever read too much into the Rotten Tomato scores. You know, it's it's an aggregator, it's an average, but also there are a lot of people in the industry who uh, like to say that they like a movie because they feel they should say they like a movie or various other reasons. Um, and, and you know, just, just be a little bit wary of that, yeah. you know? Just be a little bit wary of that. If you want to see the movie, go and see the movie. Make right. your own mind up. It was um, funny you mentioned Rotten Tomatoes because I had a conversation with somebody uh, earlier this week and they said, oh, well, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a good review. And I'm like, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't give any reviews. No. Like, you understand that, right? Yeah. They said, well, it got a good number on Rotten Tomatoes. I go, that's better, but they don't review. If, if nine people like Hawaiian pizza, <laughs> right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll like Hawaiian pizza. Yeah, you know, it's it's just one of those things. Uh, okay, let's talk about Wild Rose. Uh, has got a limited release this week. I think it's in a grand total of four theaters uh, domestically this week. It it's already been released in other territories, and uh, you know, got a good critical reception. Didn't get to see this one, unfortunately. Uh, you didn't see this. I you did. did. You did see it. I did. So Very I did briefly, Dimitri, on this. Uh, look, there's an amazing performance by the lead actress uh, right now, Jennifer or, Buckley. Jennifer Buckley. Jesse Buckley. Jesse. Thank you. Sorry. She is a great reason to see this movie. Um, albeit, I don't think her character is too likable throughout the movie, but her performance is amazing, and it's the reason to go see Wild Rose. Okay, Anna is out this week. Uh, there were no critic screenings for that, unfortunately, uh, so nobody's really talking about it. Uh, Child's Play... <laughs> They're talking about it for, for not well, the good reasons. <laughs> okay, we only have a couple of minutes left on the show. So Child's Play, um, uh, a reboot of a movie that came out in the 80s originally. It's a completely different take uh, on this, uh, rather than having it as the doll that's possessed by a spirit. Uh, it's someone who's using uh, AI, um, which goes horribly wrong. Uh, I've got to be honest with you, didn't sit well for me. A lot of the cultural references were obviously trying to go back to the 80s and 90s. Uh, just didn't work for me. I found it very uneven between really graphic violence and then something that was really uh, an undynamic family story. Uh, I just thought it was a really uneven movie that that wanted to to be something really new, but didn't quite land it. And I just didn't. I liked Chucky. In the original Child's Play movies, I found him very unengaging in this, unfortunately, and I don't know whose fault that is. I think Mark Hamill did a good job voicing, um, but it just didn't gel for me at all. Scott, on this. Um, I'm going to be the odd one out on this panel because I actually thought the movie was okay. Okay. Um, I like the the modern take on it. I like the fact that they didn't try to go back and reinvent the wheel. Yep. Um, that being said, I think this movie works best if you look at it as a warning of how we adopted um, smart technology and how we have kind of pawned technology onto our children mm. and we allow it to kind of control our lives. And that's what I took away from it. Um, I, I thought that Mark Hamill did a great job of voicing the character. It, is some of the dialogue a little wonky? Is it a little uneven and messy at times? Sure. Yeah. But I think... If you can kind of separate the two and just watch it for what it is, I think it's an okay time. Yeah. I mean, okay. For me, okay at best. I would give it a two out of five if it was a, a, a star thing. There are, there are the occasional moments that bring it forward, but nothing else. And most it. of the reviews, just just real quick, sure. 2.5 if you look at most of the reviews on Ron Tomatoes, yeah. which is a very even like a five out of ten way to look at things. It's like it's an it's very like it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, I gave point. it the finger. It made me angry. I I really there wasn't anything really likable about this. Uh Chucky himself, yes. Chucky in the first child's play movie, he was a character. He was this Billy Ray. Uh over here it's just it's just another technology gone bad movie and we've been seeing these kind of movies for a long time now mm. and it didn't do anything it, it stranded some decent performances and some characters that i actually kind of cared for yeah a little bit but it stranded them in garbage and they had nowhere to go and some of the stuff was just ludicrous mm. just ludicrous i didn't we didn't this was uh this is the upgrade you can skip Okay, uh, Toy Story 4. Uh, we only have two minutes left on the show, unfortunately, to talk about this. Uh, the best movie of the year, um, I think, was certainly one of my, my best movies of the year. Um, a movie where, which is very rare in, in critic screenings, where you tend to get really authentic reactions, where people often think they should laugh or be scared or whatever. Uh, I haven't seen a, an audience of critics be so... 
um, authentically engaged and entertained by this movie in the longest time. The scripting for me and the new characters are absolutely phenomenal. It is insanely funny, and I think it's a brilliant way to round it off considering it's a film that I originally didn't think we actually needed at all. Uh, For me, I think it's the best of the series, and I was a big fan of Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 2, Um, but for me, they've gone so far and beyond what was expected of them. Um, I would not be surprised at all if this... I mean, hand it the Oscars right now, Scott. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And the, you know, the award for animated feature film goes too. I mean, this is... (laughs) Potentially more than that? Yeah, hopefully. Um, I love this franchise, and this is Pixar's baby, and this baby has been taken such great care of, mm. and I am so proud of this studio for not cheaping, cheapening this franchise because I feel like with Incredibles and Finding Dory yeah. and all this other stuff, it just didn't live up to the expectation and the hype. Mm. The, these movies exceed my expectation every single time. This is one of the best film franchises ever made. Yeah, Agreed, and I just tweeted out earlier today, to me, it outgamed Endgame. Like oh, this was a, this was a you know if you want closure I thought Toy Story three was perfect closure yeah and it left in such an emotional beautiful note I don't know how you were able to top it but they did they at least <laughs> equaled themselves I mean it's 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 amazing to me how how fastidious they were in their screenplay we talk about best animated it should get nominated for best mm-hmm. picture it should get nominated for best picture uh, I mean best screenplay. You know, had Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse come out this year, as great as that movie is, it wouldn't have had a chance against Toy Story 4. That's how good it is. And a lot of people are being sold on certain characters, like the Keanu Reeves character and a few other things as well. Seriously, this film has so many smaller characters that absolutely are up there with the best one, with the tiny amount of material that they get. Seriously, this film is is a absolute gem. This is how you do great animated movies, not just for children, but for adults, for everybody of every age. It is fantastic. It's a little bit fucked up in places. It oh goes my God, way yeah, crazier yeah. and more bizarre than any other Toy Story movie has. But like... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, it absolutely, it's a gamble they took and it pays off. Guys, thank you so much for being on the panel this week. Dimitri, who are you quickly and where can we find you? Right here on uh, the best show about the biz, uh, for the biz, Meet the Movie Press on the Popcorn Talk Network and some other upcoming shows on Popcorn Talk Network at Dimitri Panos. That's my new Twitter, at Dimitri Panos. Please support me there. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M and at WeLiveEntertainment.com. Uh, you can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on this show every week uh, in the host chair. And you can find me on Collider Mailbag this weekend uh, with uh, John. Uh, we're going to be uh, having some fun. Uh, people saying Annabelle Comes Home review. We will be reviewing Annabelle Comes Home on the show next week. So stay tuned. Have a great week. Like, subscribe, tweet. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us anywhere. You can find good podcasts because people say this is one of the good ones. I don't no. Thanks so much. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the owners or principals.